chefs. There's so many talented Indigenous chefs out there with just unraw touch talent. I just feel like there could be more programs set up in future for like make a fourth path for Indigenous chefs to come through and quite a shame there's not many of us around. Today on Dirty Linen, we are talking to Chef Runston Byra. He is part of the Movida Aki team. He joined there as an apprentice six years ago. And as they say, he's grown into a true talent. Uh, the Movida team aren't the only ones recognising Ronston and his flair as a chef. He was recently awarded the Victorian Indigenous Chef of the Year Award by the Restaurant and Catering Celebrating Industry um, event. Uh, Ronston, welcome to Dirty Linen. So great to have you on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Danny. It, um, it's quite an honour to be on your show, to be honest. Um, I've asked people about you. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's pretty up there in the world and in the, in the cooking industry. And I'm like, oh, wow, it must be a big time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like so that work for the past few days has just been a superstar of the kitchen. I mean, I'm always a superstar of the kitchen, but <laughs> but this week it's just been really up there. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I said, having me. <laughs> well, you're you're the superstar, mate, and uh, that's why you I've got you on the show. I was really thrilled to see you holding up the award um, at the celebrating industry event. I was going to be there, except unfortunately I was in ISO, so just had to hear the news from afar. But um, I bet it was uh, quite a moment. How did it feel to be awarded for your skills and, and industry as a chef? Oh, that unreal at first. And when I got the email, I was quite in shock because. Um, you know, it was just me, like, I was just thinking, oh, yeah, I'm probably not going to get it. Like, there's other Indigenous chefs, obviously in Victoria, that are probably better than me, and I was just never thinking of it. And then I got the email one day, and I was just didn't complete shocked, and I got home and told my partner, she was like, wow, you, did you get it? I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, what's the process? Like, um, what is the process of, you know, being awarded uh, awarded that? Uh, the process. Um, so Frank and uh, Nate, Nate Loving, this is a guy that, um, that I know from Sydney that runs the NICI. So he's a big boss, uh, CEO of the NICI program. And uh, he put me down as, um, as one of the applicants. And, yeah, just like I said, I never thought of myself being the winner. I see. So Nathan Lovett from the National Indigenous Culinary Institute and Frank Kimura from Movida, your boss. So they obviously think very highly of you and put you forward for the award. Um, yeah, congratulations. Such a such a great milestone in your career. I'd love to learn a bit about you. Like, tell us a bit about your background. Who are your people? Where'd you grow up? So my background, obviously I'm Aboriginal and Torres Strait. Um, my background, sheesh. So my background, where I'm from, uh, so I grew up in Townsville, which is the Bindal, Warabuka part people, and um, I've grew up there my whole life and I love it. Um, yeah, it's a bit about me. Um, so I grew up in a big family, like really big family. So I'm one of seven, and then my mum, she's one of seven, and then my mum's mum is one of seven as well so like I said I'm from a big family and cooking in an Aboriginal and Torres Strait family is just big like you're not cooking for one or two people you're cooking for an army pretty much and that's where my love for cooking has come from and yeah. So cool um, and where do you fit in the seven Ronston? I'm right in the middle 
Okay, so all the chaos up and down in both directions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Those family meals sound uh, pretty epic. Like what kinds of things um, did you guys eat and share together? So we shared a lot of traditional foods, as as, uh, turtle jugon being a toast straight um, background side of my family. So we shared a lot of turtle jugon, which is stuff that you don't really get in the supermarket. It's just straight from the sea onto the table it's just one of those things is growing up as a kid you can always get to have um sitting in the freezers to be honest it's just one of those great things like I said and I mean yeah I've never had that never been lucky enough to try it what's it like like and how do you cook it was there different ways that you do it or is it always one particular recipe what do you do so my particular recipe is like to fry it uh fry it Fry it in a really hot pan, dust it with flour, like you're doing with any seafood. Um, yeah, but I like to deep fry a uh, turtle. It's like cutting it up like um, KFC and having a, it's like a something for chicken, like it's chicken on steroids. Uh, turtle, I like to say, like it's just so tender, it's so juicy. Yeah, awesome. So great. Well, and so how did you go from, you know, enjoying these family feasts and, you know, being being a bit of a home cook to moving into cooking as a career? I found it difficult moving from, oh, not difficult, like in a way, um, it was really hard, to be honest, like cooking for one at a slow pace. You know, you're, I'm in the kitchen by myself, dancing, listening to my own music and just cooking where it takes 12 hours is, where you're under the pressure, under the pump, you got to get, you know, have a hundred people, 120 people covers for the night, and you got to pump them out within one hour, or not, not even an hour, like half an hour, and be able to keep up with the process of being under the pressure. It was difficult. I find it difficult. What made you want to do that in the first place? Just for my love, my passion for cooking. Like, it's just unreal. Was it with the National Indigenous Culinary Institute, like did they hook you up straight away or did you already start working in the industry and then come upon that organisation that helps with pathways for Indigenous chefs? So I was did my training at William Angles through the NICI program and they said, oh, would you like to try Movita? And at the time I'm like, oh, of course I've heard of Movita before and I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Uh, my very first day at Movita, I sliced my finger um, and I thought, oh my God, this is, this is not going to be real. Like I'm not going to be able to pursue it, my dreams and my passion to become a chef. But I end up bandaging myself up, get back to work the very next day. And my chef that I had at the time, Ewan Cruford, was really happy to see me come back the very next day to be working I can just imagine, you know, it must, you must have been, well, if it was me, I, I would have been so nervous. I'm sure I would have completely chopped my finger off. But um, it's, it must happen to a lot of people as they start off. Oh, definitely. I mean, stop, like, I've come across the chefs over the few years that I've worked there and there's chefs who cut this off on the first day because they're so excited just to be in the atmosphere of the kitchen. Like, because it's totally different from the skills that you learn at the colony school and coming from culinary school to the big time it's just like a big shock like it's just totally different to what they tell you and how you do things and um yeah I was just very nervous for myself like it was just yeah couldn't explain how nervous I was what were some of the sort of steps along the pathway that helped you gain in confidence um 
it was just being persistent and showing up every single day, wanting to learn uh, new skills, learn how to fill it fish, how to break down, you know, a pig and everything. It was just those things that really helped me come back every single day to become what I am today, like the great chef that everyone says I am. But yeah, it was just being persistent and coming back every day. And I mean, was that really a new cuisine for you, like Moveda, um doing Spanish food? Was that, you know, was that a big learning curve as well? Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, I did try, but it, going to an Italian restaurant, I mean, but I didn't really like Italian food. I mean, it's for my, like, I think Italian food is overrated. Uh, Spanish food is underrated. And for the world, like, just for me to say that, I just think it's just well and truly underrated Spanish food. And I think it should be up there. What are some of the dishes that you love working on? So I like to cook the paella, which is one of my personal favourite things to do. I mean, just like the big rice paella like, on the fire. It's just one of my favourite things to do. I mean, just putting the seafood in, frying it off. It's probably one of my biggest favourite things to cook in, in the restaurant. You know, have you ever gone um, back up north and made paella for the crew at home? Because don't you reckon turtle would go really well in it? I've never, I've, I've always wanted to do that, but I've never had the chance to to actually um, do it, which is very shocking. I mean, I've been home a few times in the past few years and I've never had the chance to make myself a nice turtle paella. Uh, do you reckon it would go well though? Oh, man, I think it would. Like the juices... Uh, in the seafood pair would be really amazing, especially with the mussels and a nice good sofrito. It would be just unbelievably delicious. And you can feed a crowd with a paella. Like, you know, you you could feed the whole family, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously I've got to get a big one for the outside. I mean, I'm not going to cook a little small one just for myself. <laughs> I mean, it would be really good. I, yeah, it would be really good. Yeah, I, I, when I, I went camping in January and we, we have a big paella pan because we have a big crew that goes camping. And this year for the first time, I put it over the fire instead of we've got a gas burner for it. And it was actually so awesome over the fire because you can get a really, really good crust on the base of the pan. It's a little bit, I found it, I mean, I'm not an expert. I found it very hard to control. It was all like nothing was happening and then it was going crazy. <laughs> but it was um, it was pretty delicious. Yeah, that's the one thing I like about cooking over fire because you, it's it's uncontrollable and it's like, but the amazing flavors that you get from this the smoke, like you don't get that from a gas burner. Like the smoke flavor from the wood is just unbelievable when you're cooking a paella. Yeah, so we got to get like a massive paella pan in your hand luggage somehow next time you go up. Oh yeah, it'd be amazing to get one in my hand while I'm up there. I mean. I'll have to look into it, to be honest. <laughs> it's um, It kind of makes me think of some of the Aboriginal footballers that come from, you know, Northern Territory or North Queensland and come to Melbourne for, you know, to play in the AFL. I mean, is it what's it been like for you to move to Melbourne? Oh, it was a big shock. Mate. Coming from Townsville to Melbourne was a huge shock to me. Like, there's so many people and you never see the same person twice unless you go back to the exact same cafe you go to every week, but it was a shocking. Like I moved down here when I was 17 um, and it, it's just a big change. I mean, the, just the life culture and everything for to be living in Melbourne, it was unreal. Like I used to come down here as a kid on my holidays. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to live down here one day because 
as a small kid coming through the city and I see the big buildings, I was just, just amazed. I'm like, wow. And like, I told my brothers and sisters, I'm like, I'm going to go to Melbourne one day and that's where I'm going to live. And if you want to come and see me, come and visit me. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's how it was. When I turned 17, I'm like, I'm going to Melbourne, guys. See ya. <laughs> Man, that's so brave. <laughs> With my hopes and dreams to become a chef. And here I am six years later. Have you got plans? Like, I mean, has this award, you know, um, put stars in your eyes? You just feel like you could do anything now? Um, yeah, it does. I mean, like, it's, it's it does make me feel like I can do anything. I mean, um, yeah, but my lifetime dream is to be um, just to open my own little restaurant. Nothing too big, nothing too small. Just something by the sea was always loved and just cook local fresh seafood and but yeah, it's just, I feel like I can do anything. Like the world's invincible now, but have a humble, so humble about myself. I was just like, oh, I just like what I do at the moment. Wait till the big dreams come knocking on my door, I guess. That's so great. I love it. Um, when you have that vision of your restaurant by the seaside, is it back up around Townsville? Yeah, it is, to be honest. I mean, I've, like once I'm done living my big dreams, I've always wanted to settle down back home and grow a family and just live my life and be a small business owner. I mean, just, yeah, it's just one of my dreams just to just relax back home once I've finished conquering my dreams, to be honest. Yeah, I love it. Um, And, you know, in terms of being an Aboriginal chef working in a Melbourne restaurant, do you, is is Hospo a a friendly place for Aboriginal workers? I mean, do you feel like there could have been anything that made the path smoother or more easy for you? Um, being an indigenous chef in the industry, it was, at first I thought it was like really, because there's like, there's no, there's no, at the moment I feel like when I go to restaurants, I see no indigenous chefs down here. Uh, I've got a customer come up to me uh, a couple of days ago. She, um, she's like, you're an indigenous chef? I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's very rare to come across an indigenous chef in a fancy restaurant like this I'm like yeah there's there's some of us around I've got a friend that just works in the industry as well um Sam May uh he works with the European group but um, but yeah he at the moment he's just not working at the moment but yeah there's just not many of us in the industry to be um to begin with and it's it's quite sad because there's so many talented indigenous chefs out there with just unraw touch talent such as me myself but I just feel like there could be more programs set up in the future for like make a fourth path for Indigenous chefs to come through. And yeah, so it's just quite a shame there's not many of us around. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what kinds of things did the National Indigenous Culinary Institute do for you? Like, you know, what, what kinds of things were they able to offer? Um, so they offered me a lot of things like nice, clean uniforms, set of knives, I mean, I still have those exact same knives that they first gave me when I first started six years ago. Um, they just offered me a nice fourth path into the hospitality industry and then, and I'm still, like, at the exact same spot I started, which is um, says a lot for Mavita because it's such a nice company to work for. I mean, people are really nice. I mean, Frank's a lovely person. and uh, Like, from everybody from restaurants all the way into the office admin they're just lovely people yeah that's good i've 
You're not the only person I've heard say that. So definitely a, a credit to them. And I think especially through COVID, um, you know, I heard from a number of people that they looked after their workers pretty well. Oh, definitely. They looked after us pretty well. I mean, the first couple of lockdowns, we were toughing it out. I mean, and then we, Frank was like, let's just do boxes and I get everybody back in the kitchen. It's not, I mean, my mental health went down after like the first lockdown because I was out of a job for six weeks and didn't know what was next and like didn't know what was going to happen like wow well, do I pursue another career and like what do I do and and I got a text from Frank he's like hey g'day mate how are you uh would you like to come and do some boxes and get back into the kitchen and just get out of the house and I'm like yes anything to be back in the kitchen you know that's the kitchen's like my happy place it's like you know, some people like to take holidays and be better, like go on holidays. My happy place is the kitchen. That's what where my dreams come true. Like I make when I make food, I like to see other people enjoy it. Yeah, and I guess at Movida Ikea, you can see the diners enjoy your food. You know, a lot of the time, can't you? Oh, definitely, because it's an open kitchen, and, which is really nice. I mean, I mean, it's just a nice kitchen. Um. It's yeah, it's it's so great. Like, what are some of the other things that you love about being oh, there? Could be honest. Um, what I like about being there is just the food, and like I said, the food's unreal. And I love the staff. Staff's unreal. My head chef's he's unreal. He's he's like having a big brother in the kitchen. You know, you can just laugh and joke with somebody. Uh, the team that I work with they're amazing. Everybody in the kitchen from, I mean, the dishwash, even the dishes are just amazing people. Like it's just family it's like having your family in the kitchen with you pretty much and you, you go wake up every single day and it's like wow I'm going to work like this is what I do <laughs> I cook for a living yeah I love it and is there anything that you wish non-indigenous people knew about you know about you or about your life or about you know how things are for aboriginal people uh well, um oh not really like i I'm just a, just a typical Aussie bloke that loves going to the pubs and eating meat pies. You know, there's, <laughs> there's not much, much much Indigenous thing about me. Like, I'm just an average Aussie bloke, to be honest. I mean, what can I say more? <laughs> yeah, I love it. So when I come and visit you in town for one day, I know we're going to have turtle paella, but what else might we have for, for dinner? Oh, we might have uh, dugon. We might, might have local crayfish. We might have... Uh, Mangrove Jack, Barramundi, the world's your oyster, mate. You pick local fresh seafood, you get it in Townsville. I love it. It sounds so great. Um, Bronson, congratulations on everything that you've achieved so far. And yeah, good luck with the future. I can't watch, I can't wait to watch your star rise. Um, see you at Movida, our key, but then also see you in the future at your beautiful seafood restaurant on the beach. Will do. I'll see you then. Thanks for chatting. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.